Hi, everybody. It's Pete Oliver. Welcome to the Emerge On Purpose podcast. This podcast is for sales reps and managers who want to become better leaders. Each show, we'll talk about a different leadership principle that will help sales reps and managers emerge on purpose. Here we are again. We are talking about the top, another top reason that deals don't close. Number two, thus far, which is not talking to all decision makers. So this is a big one, obviously, in complex sales, complex decision-making processes, lots of different parties are involved. So navigating that, going back to which a lot of uh, these reasons (laughs) have a, a similar line is asking the right type of question, have the guts to ask the right type of question, getting guts, you know, five seconds at a time. So when you think of not talking to all the decision makers, Pete, what's like the challenge there? How does this appear on on teams? If you're a leader, how are you seeing this manifest over and over again? Okay, let's start with a why here. So what we see a lot of times, and this, this goes for SMB clients all the way up to enterprise, there's it's not usually as simplistic as, hey, who's the ultimate decision maker or who's the economic buyer? In, in a lot of cases, that buying persona might have the biggest piece of decision making pie, but you're not going to walk out of a pizza restaurant with a half eaten piece of pizza pie. You're just not going to do it. You need the whole pie. You need to know who's involved. There's all sorts of influencers that could be end user buyers. There could be technical buyers. A lot of times when you're not talking to all the decision makers, it's because you can't go up a level in the organization. And well, why is that? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, and we can get into that a little bit today. But the why is you got to believe that it makes sense to not sell a pizza that doesn't have all the pieces in it just doesn't make any sense. Like you want the whole pie. You want to know everybody that's involved with the best of your ability. Now, everybody, it's usually that's not that easy, especially when they start throwing the board word out there, but there is an opportunity to get deeper and wider. And we like to talk about going three wide and three deep. And a lot of times that's a proactive strategy long before you've even identified a deal. So three wide, three deep, break that down. What is three wide, three deep. So we're trying to gain access to the right decision makers. We're trying to figure out who has influence, who do we need to gain buy-in? What's three wide, three deep? So think about a decision landscape, if you will. And you're going to have potentially anyway, different lines of business that are associated with whatever it is that you're doing with your client. There could be somebody in the, it could be a CFO, there could be a technical resource. There could be a compliance resource. There, there, there could be somebody that runs the end user environment. There, there, there's likely tangential lines of business that care about whatever it is that you're you're there doing. So you may have an entry in to IT, but you might also need to talk to security or the cloud team. You might get in through security, but you need to get to compliance and finance. So there's likely three, at least, especially if you're you're talking any client with 100, 200, 500, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 employees, like there's probably going to be more than one or two people involved and they're likely have different roles in the organization. So 
you're not going to go three wide. That would be the wide part. The deep part would be board, CEO, CFO, controller, and on all the way down. So depending on the breadth of the decision, you're going to want to go north or south three levels. And so what does that mean? If you have a three by three, you might have nine people, but at least you're three wide and three deep. And the deep part can be within one of those lines of business that is championing the project. But outside of that, you're going to want to go left and right too. Okay. So a good starting point to assess this. So like pick a deal. Are you three wide, three deep? Like first, just do you have that level um, with that, uh, that process and the path to power? Like we always talk, trust, truth, pain, power. Is that a good first step? Like pick a pick a deal and see pick a deal <laughs> and figure out if if you've involved. By the way, how do you know all the decision makers? So when we talk about the decision step, last time we talked about it starts with the when and the why the when. The next part of that is determining their decision making process. If you know the process, that will shed light on who the players are. And they may involve certain people at certain parts of the process and other people at other parts of the process. And if we don't have context for what the process is, it's, it, it, it makes a lot less sense to ask the who questions. So that's part of the what is within the client's decision-making process. Do we have a sense for who's going to be involved? And do we have enough clarity to know how it touches other parts of the organization, not just the people that you're talking to within the, the party that has championed this particular project? Yeah, and that's a key moment, too, is when you're asking how they're going to decide those process-type questions. That's when, likely, other people will start bubbling up, or it's the opportunity to ask who is involved within that process. So it's having that, that antenna up to, to realize, okay, like I can't miss out on this moment as we're talking about the process, that who else uh, will, will have a say in this decision? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And depending on what the use case is for whatever it is you're there to do with the client, that will shed a lot of light on it. Like, and this is another, the world is not us moment. We wanna know how they're gonna leverage the technology or the solution or the product, whatever it is you're selling. It could be a managed service opportunity and the decision landscape on a managed service opportunity is, is it's very delicate because you're, you're talking about doing part of whatever that, that, that it is you're there to do, which may mean that it could be have people be uncomfortable inside of their organization because they think that's their job. So. You know, knowing how these decisions are made and who's in and who's out, we, we've got to figure that out. So that's really part of it. Decision landscape. Well, what's the decision-making process and who's involved in addition to the people that you're talking to? That's, that's the what. And then the gap a lot of times is, well, we're not talking to this other person yet. We know we have a gap. We know there's other people involved and we're not talking to them. That obviously lends us to, uh, okay, well, how do we create an ideal stake here mm -hmm. if there's other players involved that we don't know yet? Notice I said the word yet, but okay. so let's, okay, Lindsay, put your rep hat on now. Mm -hmm. let's, let's say you're the rep 
and you've identified there's people that you know are part of the process that you haven't talked to. What do you do? Well, I, I suppose in talking about the the process and, and determining, to your point, who else is, is part of this decision-making process? Who else is impacted by this? How are you going to narrow it down? And hopefully within those questions, they'll, they'll provide some context around who and then being able to drill that down a little bit and, and focus in on, okay, well, this person. I suppose I haven't earned the right to get in front of them yet. Uh, kind of doing some sort of thermometer testing on whether or not I've earned, earned the right to get in front of them and seeing what they say. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. So let's just say typical typical way to make a, a decision. Somebody's gonna do the, 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 the dirty work. They're gonna go look at like 10, 10 potential solutions and they're gonna narrow it down. Like this is the way it happens. Like they do a bunch of research, they narrow it down. And then at some point they may, and by the way, how are you gonna find this out? Well, you're gonna ask them. So yeah. Lindsay, I'm curious, can you help me understand what your decision-making process looks like? Like just an open-ended question. Yeah. And then they're going to say, well, I got to narrow it down from 10 to two. And then I'm going to put two people, two organizations in front of our committee. Okay. Or it might even be more formal than that. Well, we're going to do this gigantic RFP. Then we're going to get three finalists. Then we're going to do three proof of concepts. Then we're going to do three finalist interviews and, and anywhere in between. Yeah. I would hope just because I'm a little selfish here that it's not that formal and that you can now think about why it's really formal versus why it's not really formal. Let's say the client already trusts you. They're not going to need as formalized of a process. So in, in any, but in any case, there's going to be this point where they say, yeah, I'm going to decide who the finalists are. And then, then they're going to, those finalists are going to talk to the committee. So you mentioned a, Here's the, here's the strip line, okay? I'm guessing you, I haven't earned the right to get in front of that committee yet. Nope, you haven't. Well, maybe we should start there. Let's make sure you're comfortable and assuming that you are, will you let me know? Yes. Okay, so what did you just do? You just earned the right to get in front of the committee. Did we have to do any weird ninja move to make that happen? No, all we had to do was continue down this, frankly, this champion building process, which we may talk about next time, yeah. but that's, that's really part of it. Okay. Is instead of saying, what's it going to take for me to get in front of the committee? That's the pushy way. I'm guessing I haven't earned the right of getting in front of the committee yet. Have I? Nope. Didn't think so. Maybe we should start there. What should we do next? That's staying behind the pendulum that is stripping line. So if you want to get to somebody in the organization and you're not there yet, then you think about what the best pathway is to get to that person. And assuming the person that you're talking to has some political capital, it might make sense to leverage that relationship if they do have that political capital. How are you going to do that? Well, you're going to make them comfortable, which seems obvious and but it, frankly, it is obvious because anything we do in our process is in the client's best interest. 
if they want us to win, it's in their best interest to introduce us to the people that are going to be a part of the decision-making process. So why wouldn't we just do that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so much to unpack in what you just said, but it's the one of the Sandler rules, like, you know, if you're getting pushback, fall back. So to your point, rather than going into the what's it going to take or where you're kind of, again, pushing it on them, instead you're doing the opposite. I'm guessing I haven't earned the right. Uh, it, it's a, it's a different, a different feeling. And then it, but it's not that over-engineered. It's really not that much of an, a ninja move either. And even there, you know, you're wondering, okay, who's on this committee? What if yeah. you ask, like, by the way, who's on that committee? I'd love to research about them a little bit. Uh, yeah. exactly. Would you share those names with me? Like, I won't, I'm not going to contact them, but what, why not, why not ask at least and see if, if they're willing to give you the names? It's a true story. So we had a client and, um, I was like, what happened to that other company that you were talking to? Well, they gave me an ultimatum and I just wasn't going to deal with it. So I kicked them out. <laughs> I was like, well, what, what was the ultimatum? They were like, well, if you don't introduce me to those people right now, we're done. Okay. So then, the, okay, good. We're done. You just yeah. narrowed that seven down to six. Yeah, you know, that just doesn't make, why would that make any sense? Now, now you think about it in our profession, you want to be talking to the decision makers. Big question is how do you get there? And the subtlety in that little problem that disqualified them was it's not like there's one decision that happens inside of a sales process. There's probably a hundred. Mm -hmm. so you have to know how to navigate all those decision steps to get to the final one. And if we have somebody in the relationship where there's mutual trust and we get the truth on something like, I'm going to narrow it down to three and then what's going to go to the committee, then why would we not leverage that part of their decision-making process and make the most out of it? It just doesn't make any sense, you know? Now, if that particular person had no political capital, then you might make a different decision because they're not going to get you to the power anyway. So then you're going to have to figure out something different. But if, if you've validated that they can get to power and they do have political capital, then why would you not leverage that? So that's why you strip wide and you don't go hard at the situation. Yeah. To your point, there's so many different decision decisions that go on and whether it's a specific to setting up the POV and post POV and trying to get access to the economic buyer or it's it's trying to yeah set yourself up as the consultant at all times and being on that same side of the table and, and just asking the question but doing it in a way that it, you're behind the pendulum. Yeah, I mean, there's... Wouldn't it be cool if your client called you up and they're like, hey, Pete, I know you're coming to Austin a day early. Do you, would you like to go out to dinner with, with the CFO? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Let's do that. Let's do that. And then that's your path to the CFO. So how do you earn that? with a client to make that happen proactively. And then you get in front of the CFO and you don't strong arm them during your first dinner about it. <laughs> and you're just a regular person. Yeah. And you were on a sales call and you didn't even know it. So why do we do it that way? Well, because that's how other people make decisions. It starts right. with commonality. It starts with trust. 
it doesn't start with a strong arm. It, it just doesn't. So you, you do the right thing long enough because your cookbook is where it should be. Then all of a sudden this stuff becomes easier. So again, why? Because trust, truth, pain, power. That's, that's how you, you do that in an effective way. So I, I think that the key here, if we're in the recap phase yeah. of, of cigar, current state, ideal state, gap, action, recap. If we're recapping what we just talked about, I think having a little bit truth serum around the decision landscape is huge, which basically means you know the players in the context of their decision-making process. Mm -hmm. okay. You're inevitably going to know some people and not know others. Okay. So if we want to get to others, we're going to have to ask for the introduction and it helps if we can do it in the context of the decision-making process. And then we strip line when we ask. Don't suppose we're at a place where it makes sense for us to meet yet. No, sure, why not? Why don't, I'll walk you down to their office right now. Or yeah, you're right, I'm not comfortable. Okay, well, what should we do next? My goal is to make you comfortable and then you can let me know either way if it makes sense for you to set up that meeting for me. Yep, but you're asking for the introduction. Okay, in the context of why the client would want to give it to you. Okay, role play that out and then go, go have the meeting. Okay, that's yes, that's... recap. I mean, enough said. I don't think I have anything to contribute there. Love that. Yeah, three wide, three deep, earn the right to the decision makers, decision making process, and then proactive intro asks. There you so. go. The proactive intro ask is the key. Are you responsible for building a robust pipeline? and hitting a monthly quota, or perhaps you're responsible for the team that needs to do so. Do you feel stuck on how to connect the dots? We at Sandler Sailfish excel at the how-tos in sales and sales management. Book a discovery meeting with us today. A discovery meeting is a simple exchange of information to determine fit. A discovery between two parties, nothing more. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven sales leaders just like you shorten sales cycles, consistently meet sales forecasts, and roll out proactive business development behavior plans that work. Go to sailfish.sandler.com backslash book a call or scan the QR code on your screen. Until then, keep climbing.